is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Let us pray together. Father, we do thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that we've sensed you here. We know you're here anyway, but we thank you for that uh, sense of your manifest presence. And we thank you that you're here too in your words. And we pray as we spend these moments looking at it together that you would apply it to our lives. Lord, please help us to understand what we've read. And I pray you'd you'd give us soft and open hearts to hear from you this morning. We might hear what you have to say to us, Lord, individually, as a church. Holy Spirit, would you come and be our teacher this morning? I pray you'd help me, Lord, to communicate well. Help us, Lord, to hear what's on your heart. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you went to Sunday school as a child, you may remember a song about this passage. Does anybody remember a song about this passage of Scripture? Oh, a few of us. I was thinking of singing it to you, but I've decided to, because, we're, we're, because we're short of time this morning, it'll have to be on another occasion. And it's also because I don't have... It's also because I don't have all the words. But maybe on another occasion I will dig it out for you. But I remember it being a funny story as a kid. You know, it's an, it's an amusing song. And it's a funny story that, you know, I remember reading as a child thinking, what is it? And having this plank of wood in your eye, it just seemed a bit bizarre. And it is meant to be humorous. Jesus is making a point here, and we'll get to that shortly. But he is using humour to help us understand what he's saying. But it isn't just a humorous story that made me laugh in Sunday school as a child. Actually, what, what God has for us here is very important, and we'll see in a few moments is important for us as individuals, but it's also important for us as a body, as a church community. There are some things that God wants to say to us, I believe, this morning that will be applying uh, God's word to us individually, but also applying to us corporately. So I do trust that your hearts are open to receive what God has for us this morning from his word, both individually and also for us as a church body together. If you're reading from the New International Version, you might see the paragraph break just before verse 37, which is where we started. But actually, we would have done better, perhaps, to start with verse 36, where Jesus says, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And that's really the groundwork to what Jesus then goes on to say. Because if you're not merciful then you can't really do what he goes on to be talking about. So I'm sort of taking that as a given, that we're merciful, because God is merciful. And because of that, if we understand that well, and have got that uh, right in our lives, then that means we can build on that. And that means we can then read the the, the, uh, verses we've just read and think, yeah, that builds on the foundation of being merciful, because God is merciful. So Jesus uh, starts off by talking about judging. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. I guess if we were honest, it's quite easy to judge other people, isn't it? 
I'm hoping for some feedback here because otherwise I think it's just me. But I'm assuming it's not. But it is easy to judge other people, isn't it? And as we've said, Jesus uses humour here to get his point across and to attract their attention. I mean, think about it for a moment. How balmy is it if you had a great plank of wood in your own eye? I mean, I've got my umbrella here, which is perhaps smaller than a plank of wood might be. But if you imagine this was sticking out of my eye, you know, how bizarre would it be to go to Adam, for example, and say, oh, Adam, there's a, there's a speck of dust in your eye. Let me, let me try and get it out for you. It would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? And if you think that that's just something quite small, but Jesus might be referring to a huge plank of wood in your eye, how balmy would it be for you to have that in your eye and try and get to somebody else to reach the speck of dust that might be troubling them or perhaps troubling you in their eye? I mean, it's ridiculous to the extreme, isn't it? And firstly, you wouldn't get close to them because the plank of wood would be in the way. But they would rightly say, hang on a second, <laughs> very kind of you to, uh, to offer to help with the piece of sawdust in my eye. Very thoughtful of you, but don't you think perhaps you should maybe pay attention to the plank in your own eye first? That's not an unreasonable comment to make, is it? And that's what Jesus is getting them to think about here. And you can't even get close if you had something like that in your own eye. But how often are we like that? How often do we quickly judge another person or situation when actually what we should be dealing with, perhaps, first of all, is the plank that is coming out of our own eye. We've all been there, haven't we? It's much easier to notice somebody else's faults than notice your own. It's funny, isn't it? Same set of eyes that we have, but when we look in a mirror, we say, oh, no faults. Looks good. But as soon as we look away from the mirror and look at somebody else, we say, oh, lots of faults there. It's so easy to do if we're not careful, isn't it? Now, Jesus isn't, is not saying that you know, we shouldn't have courts of law and he mustn't, he's not talking about legal judging like that. He's not saying, do not judge, you, know, you shouldn't have the courts. He's not saying that at all. This isn't addressed to legal experts. This isn't Jesus saying, you've chosen the wrong profession. This is Jesus talking to ordinary, everyday people, just like you and me. And what he's saying is, look at yourself first, before you look at others. And it's true, isn't it? If you're harsh and judgmental in your attitude with others, and your interaction with other people, what are people like in response to you? They're harsh and judgmental back, aren't they? Because actually, the Bible says what you sow, you reap, and there's some truth in that, even when it comes to our attitudes. And if you're harsh and judgmental with people, then actually you often find that that comes back to you as well. It's not actually just other people even that Jesus has in mind here. Because your judging of others invites the judgment of God on you. Now, Jesus doesn't say that you should never point out the illustration continued speck of dust in your brother's eye. 
He doesn't say there isn't any place for that. Because actually we see elsewhere in Scripture that we might call it constructive criticism or speaking the truth in love. Discipleship, are, those sort of things are all part of growing as a Christian. And I've told stories from this platform before about when I've said to people, you know, I, I want to be accountable to you. I want you to, to help me grow as a Christian and speak into my life. And I always thought that was a good idea to say that and I was certainly encouraged in that as a young Christian to have those sort of people that would speak into my life. So I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. And I remember saying that to one particular person and he said, okay. And a few weeks later he came to me and said, do you remember that conversation we had? I went, oh yeah, I remember that. Well, there is something I want to talk about. And he proceeded to point out the... Um, Well, it's probably slightly more than a speck of dust. But that helped me grow as a Christian. That helped me deal with things in my life. That was a good thing. So Jesus isn't saying you never do that. But rather, if you are going to do that, maybe you need to look for the planks in your own eye first before you start doing that. And just to be clear, those sort of relationships where someone points out that to you, they best they work best when you've had a conversation that's laid the groundwork. So when you've had a conversation that you've said to somebody, can you help me grow as a Christian? You know, I want to be accountable. Can you will you help disciple me? Will you you know will you speak into my life? If you've had those conversations to start with, then that then then that allow somebody to speak into your life. But actually, we know what it's like if we're just, you know, going along in life and somebody comes along and says, I want to point something out to you. Our natural reaction is to get quite defensive, isn't it? But far better to have had the groundwork conversation first and to have invited that sort of discussion. Being accountable to one another, confessing our sins to one another, these sort of things help us grow as Christians and grow in our walk with the Lord. So I want to encourage you, have those sort of relationships with people, invite those sort of, that sort of input into your life. But as well as that, and certainly before you start commenting on other people, have a look for the plank of wood, or large umbrella, whatever it might be, that's coming out of you. Have a good look in the mirror first. Because actually, the first person that you should be judging, if anybody at all, is you. As you look in the mirror and think, well, what, what do I need to work on? Have a good look at yourself. Pray about it. Ask the Lord. Lord, what is it in me that you want to work in right now? Because and I, I guarantee if you say that to the Lord, he'll pinpoint something. Even if you think, well, I'm doing quite well at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay with Jesus and doing okay in my relationships with other people. I, I think I'm all right. Actually, we, we can all do better. We can all grow more in Jesus. So if you say to God, would you pinpoint by the Spirit what you want me to work on now? Would you show me if there's anything in my life that I, I need to work on with your help and your grace? Then he will. But the good news is, it is with his help and his grace. And he'll help you to deal with those things. So Jesus is quite clear here. Don't go around just judging other people. But let's be open to God judging us. Let's be open to accountable relationships with one another where we can help each other grow in Jesus. But Jesus goes on here 
And he says, forgive and it will be and you will be forgiven. Forgive and you will be forgiven. If you want to get along with anyone, then you need to learn to forgive them. Ruth Bell Graham, the late wife of the evangelist Billy Graham, said this once. A happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Good quote, isn't it? You see, we love because God first loved us. We forgive because God has forgiven us. And you see, not forgiving is dangerous. So Jesus makes it really clear here. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. But not forgiving is dangerous. If you don't forgive, then your heart can become hard, can become bitter. It's quite a dangerous place to be. The writer of the Hebrews puts it like this, and he says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I guess most of us have met people that have a bitter root about them. Do you know the sort of person? Something happens to them, possibly years ago, and they're still carrying it. They're still dealing with it. And, uh, or perhaps they're not dealing with it. That might be a better way of putting it. That root of bitterness has set in. Sometimes it was something huge, and they may have been seriously hurt. Maybe that would be true of you. But often these things start out as something small. Maybe just a minor disagreement. But when they're not resolved and not dealt with and people aren't forgiven, then years later those things can still consume people. I wonder if that's you this morning. Now you may have been wronged, but actually how you've dealt with it has now become part of you. And you're sort of carrying it around all the time. Paul warns quite strongly about not giving the devil a foothold in things like this. He says this in Ephesians 4, verse 25 to 27. He says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, And do not give the devil a foothold. Why is Paul speaking so strongly about that? Because he knows that if you don't deal with things, if you don't forgive, if you don't resolve, then that can give the devil a foothold and cause more trouble to come. See, it isn't that anger is necessarily sinful. You can have righteous anger. And Jesus was angry with the money changers in the temple, wasn't he? Turned over their tables. He was pretty cross. But righteous anger is fine. It's not anger in itself that's bad. It's what sort of anger it is and how it's dealt with. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. There's a danger there. There's a warning. When you're angry, it's easy to fall into sin. So in your anger, do not sin. And notice that this is an instruction. In in Ephesians, Paul's writing to a church. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to people that love Jesus. He's writing to a body 
a, a, a church community. And so we need to take note of it. It's important stuff for us individually and for us as a church. So let's pause for a moment before we go on. Let me ask you a direct question. Is there anyone that you need to forgive? Is there anyone that you need to forgive? So this is important. To Jesus, this is more important than worship. You think, how can that be? Isn't worship important? Yes, it is. But listen to what, what Jesus says in Matthew 5. He says, therefore, Matthew 5, verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, come and offer your gift. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, if you go to worship and you realise there's a relationship that is not right, then go and put that right before you worship. It's that important to Jesus. And listen, friends, it's that important to you individually, but it's also important, that important for us corporately. Because when these things are in a local church and they're not dealt with well, they're not resolved, they're not put right, it can fester and it grows and it infects other people. And you might not intend it to, but it just does. And so Jesus is saying, listen, it's really important here. This is what Paul is underlining as well. This is important. It isn't just right for you individually and your relationship with God, but it's also important for us as a church community. So let me ask you again. Is there anyone you need to forgive? Anyone that you need to reconcile with? Even be asking the Holy Spirit now if there's a relationship that you need to restore this morning. As well as these things, Jesus goes on in verse 38 and uh, he he talks about giving. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus talks about giving. I don't want this whole message to turn into a giving talk. And you're thinking, oh, now we're going to get the giving talk now. It's not, the whole message isn't turning into a giving talk, but we need to understand what Jesus is saying here. Because actually we often use this verse in talking about financial giving, don't we? We, we often refer to this verse when we're talking about uh, giving offerings to the Lord, giving to him, giving of tithes and offerings to him and his mission. And that's right, it does refer to that. Sometimes our questions can be along the lines of how little can I get away with <laughs> rather than how much can I give? And what Jesus wants us to say is, how much can I give? Because as we say things like that, Jesus says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus promises blessing as you give. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, Paul says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So let me ask you, are you sowing sparingly or generously? The Old Testament 
promises blessings in this area and even commands us to test God in it. So in Malachi 3 verse 10, we read this. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That sounds like quite a lot of blessing, doesn't it? That you couldn't even store it. Well, tithing was the Old Testament principle of giving God the first 10%, the first fruits, if you like. And that was the law for the Old Testament people of God. Now, for us, it's true, we don't live under under Old Testament law because we live under the grace of God that's revealed in the New Testament in Jesus. So we can't just say, well, it was 10% for them, therefore it must be the same for us now. Because if we did that with this law, we'd have to be consistent do that with all sorts of other ones as well. So how do we apply it? What does it mean for us? If we can't just say, well, it's good for them, it must mean the same for us. It does seem that surely if it was good for them, it seems like a pretty good starting point for us. Now, it's not law in the same way. Jesus isn't saying, you must do this because we're now under the grace of God. But if you're looking for a guideline from Scripture and a good starting point for your giving, it it seems like a pretty good point to start with. It's worth noting that Jesus doesn't dismiss tithing when given the chance, but he says this in Luke 11. He says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint to ruin all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So Jesus is saying it's important that we remember justice and love of God. That's important too to remember our giving to God as well. So I wonder, how are you doing with that this morning? Let me ask you a question. How's your giving going? Now, I don't know what anybody gives in the church other than me. I get all sorts of spreadsheets and reports on a monthly basis, but they're totals and summaries. So I don't know what any one individual other than me in the church gives. So I can talk about this and nobody can say, oh, he's getting at me, because I just don't know. But God knows. I wonder how you're doing. Maybe it's something for you to pray about and bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, is this what you want from me at the moment? How am I doing in this area? Be open to him and ask him to speak into it. But as well as giving, I think this applies to other areas as well, as well as giving financially, because I think we could also apply it to things like, like this. Have you noticed that if you become more patient with other people, then other people become more patient with you? Have you noticed that if you become more forgiving or generous towards others, then other people become more forgiving and generous towards you? Remember the verse I read about sowing and reaping? As we give in these sort of areas as well, these things come back to us. Jesus promises that as we give, we'll be given too. You'll be blessed. Let's be clear, that's not the motivation for giving. Leon Morris in his commentary says this to do that is no more than to exchange material selfishness for spiritual selfishness and that's no good at all 
So whilst it's not our motivation, Jesus is clear there's a reward, there's a blessing here. As you give, God will give back to you. There'll be rewards. Jesus is going to reward faithfulness when he returns. I wonder, how is he going to reward you? He's going to reward you for your faithfulness to him. Let's begin to, to wrap up. Perhaps the band can come up as uh, begin to bring to, this to a conclusion. As we begin to finish, let me ask you a question. Let's continue Jesus' metaphor for a moment. And let's look at our eyes. Or if you imagine you were looking at your eyes. Have you got any planks? Have you got any planks sticking out of your eye? In fact, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, have have I got any planks? And I don't mean, have I got any planks? I mean each other, the person next to you. Have you got any planks? You see, these subjects of judging, forgiving and giving, before you look at the speck in someone else's eye, what about you? Have you got any planks that need to be dealt with? See, I'm going to pray in a moment. And I want us to ask the Lord to help us to remove planks. I don't think I've ever written that as a note for ministry before, remove planks. But as I was preparing this week, I just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit just to pray for that this morning. I wanted to pray and ask God to help us to remove planks this morning. You see, sometimes you get so used to an attitude that it becomes part of you, doesn't it? You learn to live with it. You sort of make room for it, even though you know that it shouldn't really be there, it's not really what God wants, it's not really part of your life, and the Holy Spirit keeps prodding you about it, you sort of make room for it, and you, you learn to live with it. I just feel this morning that God wants to challenge some of those things. Is even sometimes the thought of living differently can be scary. But think about this for a moment. When was the last time you perhaps had a splinter in your finger? Or in your foot, perhaps? Maybe it was uncomfortable. Awkward. It was sticking out. It was sharp. It got in the way. Maybe it was even infected. It was starting to go really quite manky. Taking it out wasn't a whole load of fun either. However you happen to remove splinters. Maybe it was a sharp needle. Sterilised, of course. Or maybe it was some tweezers and you were sort of digging around trying to get this thing out. It would have been painful and uncomfortable. But, oh, then it's out. Oh, the relief. Oh, it feels better. Oh, you can breathe again. Can you relate to that? Actually, that's sometimes what it's like when God puts his finger on things in our life. Something we've learned to live with, to make room for, yeah, we know it shouldn't really be there. And actually, getting it out is a bit painful and uncomfortable, but oh, the relief afterwards. If that's what it feels to get rid of a splinter, how do you think it would feel to get rid of a plank? And notice that you have to do the removal. Jesus says, take the plank out of your eye your own eye. I suppose the natural thing would be to pray and say, Lord, please remove the plank. 
And God says, take the plank out. Yes, he helps us by his grace, through the Spirit, but we need to remove planks. What's your plank this morning? What do you want God to help you to deal with? Let's stand together. We're going to pray. We're going to worship, and then we're going to ask the Spirit to come and help us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. We receive your words and we pray, Lord God, that you would help us now in these moments to apply it. That, Lord, we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers also. And so, Lord God, I want to pray now, just as we spend these moments worshipping you together, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you put your finger on any planks that may be in our eyes. Lord, I pray you'd give us hearts open to hear from heaven now about us. Not the person next to us or in front or behind, but Lord, this is about us individually before you. And so as we worship, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come and touch our hearts now. Come and whisper to us areas that you'd have us deal with to help us grow in you and to live for you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at